Welcome to Card Slingers, coming to you coast to coast. Hi, I'm Jamie Elford from Portland, Oregon, representing the West Coast. I'm Melissa Sonova, speaking to you from the Midwest here in St. Louis. And I'm Hillary, the New Yorker. We're going to talk about what we like about the cards. And what we don't like. What we're learning. And what we're teaching. It's all about slinging them cards. So this week, um, we, we, have, we have this like list, right? We, what can we talk about on our show? And one of the things, the very first things we said were like other kinds of divination. We should talk about, you know, all of the cool mystical tools that are available to us. And I kind of love that it's taken us long, this long to get to it because we're like, yeah, fuck that other stuff. I like tarot cards the best. And that's cool. Because it's, it's what I found first, other than like, um, you know, making a pendulum out of a ring and some string or something like that. But um, so today we're going to talk about, um, what is it, like six different kinds of divination that you can do and some of our favorite tools that we can use. And um, hopefully we'll get to all of the stuff. And number one is tarot because, come on, it's the best. It really is. Like, you can get specifics, you can get generalizations, you can like vibe check right you can it's just so great and once you finally learn all the cards you know that takes forever but once you finally learn them you've just got these tools at your fingertips and you can find out your answers to your questions it's like perfect there's no there's very little guesswork involved in tarot and i think that's why i like it so much um and uh my favorite tarot deck is the scorpio sea tarot that i just finished with maggie stiefvater that comes out in a couple months because it's the first deck i ever made i know um so what you got jamers well i'm kind of jealous right now since you have a kitty that's hanging out it's like what does she what's her favorite deck you know all of them all all <laughs> the ones that she can sit on and touch on the ones that she can stomp on yeah yeah no i kind of agree i mean tarot was the first thing way back when and even though i could not memorize all the books for some reason tarot has been the thing i've always gone back to i started with it i took a small detour to iching so that's something I'll, we'll talk into later but i've always gone back into it and uh i've always hated that question of what's your favorite tarot deck for the moment because i love them all there's so many good images um right now i'm using the dark wood tarot oh yeah by sasha yeah sasha and it's really good and abigail larson larson it's an amazingly fun deck where it's deceptively simple the images you look at them and they're you know really kind of simplistic looking but they've got so much depth and they really grab you by the balls and bring you in and force you to look at shadow side first and all the kind of the darker stuff but in a fun way so that's what i'm using right now for tarot we're gonna make you cry but it'll be fun <laughs> but i'm gonna fun. love it yes <laughs> <laughs> shadow work but fun <laughs> hillary what you got oh uh, why would you why would you ask me that question about <laughs> what my I... favorite tarot deck is because i'm such a magpie i like i have my favorites and then i'm just like oh never mind this is my new favorite um but yeah, I mean, much like the other ladies, um, tarot has been my main squeeze for a very, very long time. It's not how I started. 
Um, oh. people, are, people are very surprised to hear that, but um, I did a lot of dream interpretation first. Like that's how my intuition really started to talk to me was to get my attention in dreams. Um, and then when I started to have visions, um, when I was awake, that was just like, hmm, okay, this is interesting. <laughs> what do I do now? Um, so there was that. And also we will get to it because um, I think that is on our list, spirit boards as well. My mom actually taught me how to make a spirit board. Um, so we'll what? talk about that a little bit nice. later. So it's just like, it's, it's really funny. My, uh, my Anglican mother, who is a very good Christian, is the person that taught me how to make a spirit board with pieces of paper and using a little like, um, I guess, not a brandy snifter, but a, like a little aperitif glass and you turn it over and you can use that as the planchette. So, yeah. That is awesome. My Roman Catholic dad was my first tarot client. So, so you know, and, then, and, and that's, of course, how I started tarot is I gave my mother a tarot. Well, it was a fortune telling kit made by, um, I believe it was Running Press, um, the Tarot Nova by uh, Dennis Fairchild, I believe believe and um julia paschkis i think was the artist um but that came in a fortune telling kit and i gave that as a birthday gift to my mom and she ended up giving it back to me and saying just read for me so that's how i got into the tarot but my favorite deck like yeah why you have to answer been, you've got five seconds I'm, five <laughs> four three well my workhorse deck is my is the radiant rider weight smith well there deck. you go that's the one that i just keep on going back to um that's i do have my pretty. love i do have my love of the Terra nova um which was my first ever deck but that was a deceptively simple deck and sometimes when you oversimplify it's very very hard for a beginner because then you've got nothing to really work with you don't have with like simple simple images you know, sometimes it's too simple and you can't really read into it to truly understand what the full meaning of like temperance or the three of swords would be. Like the three of swords in the Terra Nova deck is like a little turn up and, and he's got his like leaves cut. Like that's adorable, but it doesn't really say what the three of swords means yeah this is why i can't read with marseille tarot cards because i'm like well that is a bunch of sticks and mm -hmm. it's next to another bunch of sticks and it's crossed by a couple of swords right so read and the I, sticks <laughs> i want the imagery i want to pull the imagery out you know and i appreciate that some people absolutely love them but they're wrong so <laughs> I'm well just i mean you can <laughs> i feel i feel like if you I feel like this is the reason why I like the Rider-Waite-Smith decks or something based off of the Rider-Waite-Smith decks that you learn on. And then when you bring yourself to use something that is a PIP deck, which is what Melissa was just saying about, you know, five, five sticks or five wands mm -hmm. or five swords, you know, and it's just five swords, you can then take the Rider-Waite-Smith five of swords and remember what that five of swords looks like to be able to interpret the five of swords where it's just five swords, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not a great thing, but at the same time, it, it's, it's something you've got some basis. For me, it's a memory game. It's a memorization thing for me where I like looking at an image and being able to have the whole world at my fingertips, the mm. stories there in, mm. in the images. And when I look at Marseille decks or Pip style decks, I'm like, 
okay, what was the, you know, what's the memorized, you know, meaning of the day, you know, for right. this. Right. And, and the stuff like in, in the deck that Maggie and I just did for the five of cups, um, <clears throat> this guy failed. He's looking at a plant that died and his eyes are just so sad and his shoulders are hangdog, you know, and he's just resigned to like, oh shit, I failed, you know, and I can pull so much from that that I can't from a stack of swords. So Andrew McGregor only reads with Marseille because he's fancy. And we were talking about it one time and he's like, I bring the imagery out of me. It's not pulled from the card. And I was like, well, I think it comes down to being like either a Star Trek person or a Star Wars person. Like it's just personal <laughs> Kinda, preference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And of course, if I don't like doing something, I think it's dumb. So, but that's just because <laughs> I'm a Sagittarius. So I can't help it. But, um, but yeah, tarot is a great tool, and, but it's not the only tool. And this, we should probably have a whole episode on Oracle cards because they just make me twitch. But the ones they that I love. They make your ass twitch. They make my ass twitch. My ass is twitching. <laughs> Yeah, all I see is um, Melissa twer twerking right now. Yeah. Ma'am, that's private. That's the reason we don't televise these. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't like them because they, they're not tarot. I can't think of a better way to say it. I like the structure and the symmetry of the cards. I like that all of the fives mean this and all of the sixes mean this. And then I get a goddamn Oracle card. It's just like, you know effervescence and i'm like fuck you what does that even mean effervescence are you shitting me this is supposed to be my guide so the only two that i like ethany has one um that i have here i just got the second edition of the awakened soul oracle which i gotta tell you craftsmanship ethany mm -hmm. nails the shit she's got it yes but it has stuff like um active and there's a lady on a horse with a bow and um adventurer and change and for some reason the way that she frames them and uses these images of people that look like my friends it feels like encouragement rather than just effervescence or whatever like some kind of live laugh love bullshit right yeah so they feel like actual tangible real things the only other one i like and i i'm probably pissing off a few friends right now who have oracle decks and i'm just like not yours um but <laughs> the empty cup oracle by stasia burrington is beautiful and stasia also did the sasura ibido tarot deck which is one of my top five all-time favorite decks you mean the sassy burrito mm, yes the sassy, sassy burrito <laughs> yes exactly the Sassy Burrito Tarot is my favorite, but the Empty Cups Oracle I got because she made them. And it's 40 cards and they're very simplistic. But the, um, the things that she writes, like one card is moth. And um, one of them is mushrooms. And one of them is like, and they're just kind of abstract ideas. But the advice that she gives on the card feels like a small tarot reading in itself mm -hmm. so instead of just being like mushrooms you should eat some mushrooms or whatever like oracle schmoracles this actually feels like a one card tarot reading that's what this deck mm -hmm. and and ethany's feel like but yeah i'm such a grumpy ass bitch i'm just like yeah it's stupid I think that's the first instance of snorting on uh, <laughs> on the podcast. We it need was to, bound like, to make a loop or a hip hop like like drop some beats with your snort in them. See if oh, Kendra can do that for us. Oh no. yeah, we well, 
No, Kendra, don't. Please, God. (laughs) I can't wait till she hears this and figures out what she's going to do with this part. This is going to be amazing. Our editor and and all things tech, and um, she makes us sound amazing. So, yes. um, Yeah, I can't wait to see what happens. But that's my experience with Oracle cards. I think they're 98% stupid. Who would like to go next? I'll I'll go. So I agree and I disagree with that statement. Like for the longest time, I was also with you. The, you know, Oracle cards are bullshit. Are they all? All they are is like taking Amy Brown's wonder fantastical art, putting it on cards and saying, here you go, read with these. And they don't have rhyme or reason. No structure. Yeah. So... I so for me, there's two types of oracle decks. There's the Hillary, let, get your there, turn. There's the there's the art <laughs> beautiful art decks, like the older style where they slap you know Brian Froud's art or Amy Brown or some other famous artist on it and have it make no sense. But then there's the really, you know, the oracle decks that actually make sense. They have a system. They put a lot of time and effort into like a forty card deck or a 72 card deck, et cetera, et cetera. Or like, you know, you know, the Leonard Mond, which does have rhyme or or reason behind it. And those are the decks I also like. I mean, I do have a crystal Oracle deck. And to me, those style one-offs, the pretty decks are kind of like the, okay, I'm going to do your tarot reason. Okay, now we're going to pull, oh, you get the Amethyst card. So maybe you need to go buy an Amethyst to help you with, you know, an an association with your project. I've bought a yoga um, Asana positions deck before, and I even read tarot at a at a yoga studio once, and I brought that deck to bring in poses and stuff because I figured those people would like to have that connection, that tie-in. You know, here's you know a position you can do that will help you you know remember this reading or something. So kind of add in homework. Um, so that's kind of my general overview of the oracles that you know I've seen out there. You know the pretty ones that don't make much rhyme or reason sense to my brain, and I don't want to play with them. You know, or the ones that have sense to it. Now, after I figured I couldn't memorize seventy-eight upright and reverse tarot card meanings because back in the you know mid eighties, that's what I you know young Jamie thought she had to do to read the cards. Mm-hmm. I took a detour to I Ching. So I Ching was kind of my first Oracle setup for that. And I used to cast using pennies. I even have, I think those three pennies that I had in high school and everything. Uh-huh. And I would try and answer questions like, why, why don't guys like me? Or, you know, how's this homework kind of go with the I Ching, which is really kind of interesting because it wasn't really made for that. And even back then, I, you know, you get like the general or something and you're like, how is that going to, you know, you know, how's fording a field going to help me with my homework? But I still First did it. First, you need to plow the back 40, and then you can do your homework. But dad won't even let me use Oracles. the, you know, thingy. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, there's a simplicity to the I Ching. There's this poetry that I glommed onto back again in the junior high, or the high school and college days where I wanted to be a professional poet. And I'm never going to make any money off of that, but that's what I wanted to do. And I liked that idea of marrying the two to get advice with poetry to it to, you know, relate. So that was my first and kind of still one of my favorite um, Oracle decks. Right now, I'm kind of playing with and just getting into the baby steps of an Oracle deck from a friend here in Portland called the Opal Oracle Cards. It's a 72 card deck. Uh, by Heather Agosta and we'll have I've been making links to all of our or adding in names to all the stuff that we've been talking about so y'all get the show notes 
But this is an interesting card deck where you you don't really get an image. You get this pretty little like image on top. You get something like the card I uh, draw says focus, but you have a question or a small what this means. And for me, um, like focus says what really matters. And then the text on the card says energy flows where your attention goes. Organize and prioritize, which is important to you. And it will energize these parts of your life. So these are kind of like meditation cards or a daily draw type thing where uh, Heather says you can use it for like divination, mindfulness focusing, uh, focus, meditation, insight, uh, tarot card clarifiers. So again, you know, sometimes when I, or when we do a reading, like we talked about in a couple of past episodes where it's like, I don't know what that meaning meant. I know what the cards mean, but I don't know what the reading meant. You can pull an Oracle card out out from like this deck or another one and see how that clarifies it i mean i guess yeah I, it's, it's just you know it depends also on how many you know how many thousands of dollars you want to spend on cardomancy or other systems as well you know but the opal oracle has this vibe to it that i really like to where it's i i can see it being integrated and layered on with my my divination practice for myself and possibly for clients because it is fun. I, I like trying to see, I have a class that I call, um, you know, I can't remember, mix and match, where we play with different Oracle cards together. So you have tarot, you have like the Lenormand, you play with them together, or your Opal deck or other ones, just to, you know, see how they work. Because I have about 30 Oracle decks, and I don't use all of them. Mm-hmm. But I like the the ones that I do have. I'm able to give a value added into a reading or even use it on the days that I'm like, I don't want to play with tarot. You know, the deck's being mean to me. I'm going to play with something nicer or some other BS. I really wish we were recording this because the amount of eye rolls and head shakes that Hillary has been given <laughs> while we've been talking is astounding. And I'm, I'm not even mad. I'm really impressed. Um, <laughs> so Hillary, it feels as if you might have, and I'm using my intuition here, feels as if you might have some strong feelings about the vibes <laughs> well i've been watching your face <laughs> and you and you've been giving similar eye rolls and just like that that kind of like hmm hmm hmm, hmm. i'm being hmm. polite yes <laughs> she is yes, she's not cussing polite. for once yeah thanks well, so, so Jamie hit upon a couple of reasons why I like Oracle decks that they, um, and right at, right at the end of what Jamie was saying was about the, the whole kinder, gentler nature of Oracles. And that is the reason why instead of pulling one last tarot card for uh, a reading to finish off a reading with a client, Instead of pulling a tarot card, I will pull from an oracle deck. And the reason why I do that is because I don't want to pull from the tarot and pull the tower or the devil. Here you go. (laughs) And have that be the last card that they leave me with. Everything's burning. See you later. (laughs) Right. Right. So I can totally envision that happening. That makes me laugh really hard. I can see you doing this. It's happened. It's happened. I've done it before, but I always just like, and I get the kinder softener, softener, softener. I can, I can words and I get, but if I pull the tower, I'm just like, just remember these changes you're going through have to happen get behind it, you know, being there with the change. But I have had, and actually it's just like last week, 
I'm like, I'm just, everything's going to be okay. I'm just going to pull one more card. There's a three of swords. And I fucking put that back in the deck and shuffled again. <laughs> and I didn't say anything to the client about it. <laughs> I just shoved it back. And I was like, no, we're not doing that to her today. So I can right. totally understand that. It's a, it's I like guess. that whole, that whole, let's pull one more card. Oh, never mind. I'm putting Ooh, that back just in kidding. the deck. Yeah. Like, no, no. Reading's over. But, or it becomes um, like a blackjack game where, you know, give me one more hit. Give me one more hit. One more hit. Eventually you are going to bust. Let's try that yeah. again. You are going to bust when you play that game. Um, but yeah, oracles, like I like oracle decks and I do, but I do understand where, what Jamie was saying about the whole oracle deck for oracle deck's sake, where there's no, they take very popular imagery and then they make it into an oracle that may or may not make sense and usually doesn't make any sense. And actually, I really enjoyed that was one of my Oracle decks was the fairy Oracle by by Brian Froud, Brian and Mm -hmm. Wendy Froud, and the heart of the fairy Oracle also by the Frouds or the Froods or the I don't know how to pronounce. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to name. (laughs) I don't know name. (laughs) I don't know how to name. But when I worked with that, like I always say to my clients, okay, I'm going to grab the companion book now because each Oracle deck is structured differently. And that is the way the Oracle is. It is not like tarot where you can translate your tarot knowledge from one deck to another. Like for an Oracle deck, you kind of are starting over each time. It's not about memorization or anything like that. You do have to go back to the guidebook and see, see what the artist had to say about that particular Oracle and how it's structured. Um, but I do... those were two decks that I immediately thought of when you were just like the pretty, the pretty, but not necessarily functional. So I get Mm -hmm. where there is this like, mm. well, see for me, that's one of the first Oracle decks I got after I got really, really back into tarot because I love the Froud's work. I love Dark Crystal, love all that stuff, but I could not connect to their fairy deck. And I don't know if it was the fairies themselves going, "Eh -eh, we don't want to work with you, which it has to be like, like there, there is an unofficial RuPaul tarot deck that is an abomination unto the Lord, because how do you make drag queens ugly? First of all, and secondly, the meanings of the cards don't match up to the imagery that they chose for the cards. So it's just a slapdash bunch of nonsense. But yeah, it's 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 the it's the so um, the Oracle tarot intent. version of let's make money. You know, yeah, the intent right. has to be strong behind the deck. So there's I did think of one more Oracle deck that I like. Hillary. It's my turn now. <laughs> I know, but Go this ahead. is Jamie Sawyer's um, oh, yes. Nature Portals, mm-hmm. and there's a fox in it. And But it's a very, again, very thoughtful, well-balanced Oracle deck. Like, it has uh, a structure underneath of it instead of just being floopy. Right. So I, right. I it has to have structure. Like, I totally agree to. with that. It cannot be Oracle deck just put throws slap some pretty images on there and like go no I feel like and and this is the this is what separates an oracle deck from a tarot deck or from the Lenormand because there's the tarot which has its own divination system there's Lenormand who which has its own divination system and then there's oracle decks which all have its 
kind of rules unto itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So the decks that I like, um, I love the um, the Work Your Light Oracle cards from Rebecca Campbell with art by uh, Danielle Noel. Danielle Noel also did the art for the Star Child Tarot and the okay. Moon Child Tarot. So I love her artwork already, but then um, she used... Rebecca Campbell's words and Rebecca Campbell is the author of light is the new black and rise sister rise. Hmm. Um, so it can be, so that particular deck, and then they also have the star seed Oracle, which is another collaboration between the two of them. And it can be very woo woo. And I'm not going to deny that part of it where one of them is like the unfolding rose or, you know, um, you're like kind, kind of like an alien from another planet, you know, <laughs> incarnating. Her hand over her face at the moment. So, it's fun. But, but some of the messages have been like so freaking spot on. It's been ridiculous for my clients. So they really vibe with those decks and they'll ask for them specifically at the end of a reading. They're mm-hmm. just like, which, which one was that? The one with the roses on the back? And I'm just like, okay, that's the work your light Oracle. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I can use that for well, your nice. like, kind of like, what do you most need to know right now? What do you need to take away from the reading? Because every time I use an Oracle deck, it usually that one card distills the entirety of the reading into one mm-hmm. card and one message for them to then take away, whether it's homework or whether it's just something they need to remember from that reading. So those are the two that I work with the most and I really like. The third one that I want to talk about is not a card oracle. It's called the Tessera Oracle. Oh, those are so pretty. Yes. And they are gorgeous and it's like a combination of affirmations, um, reading, and then they have a whole board in the top of them. And you can then wear them as a talisman to remember your reading. So that's the Tessera Oracle. And I think it's just tesseraoracle.com. Um, and you can like mix and match them, um, choose what resonates for you. I, of course, have to get all of them. So I have <laughs> all of them. Um, but it's so beautifully done. And this is someone, so it's Tori Walcott who, who created them. And she used everything that she knows about tarot and about runes and about different divination systems. And then took that information into the symbols that most resonated with her and created this beautiful oracle. So that's like my favorite, favorite one. So You read for me using that. It was really good. I, I mean, it was surprising, right? And and she has she has like all these different cards and everything to represent like what that oracle means. But that oracle, the Tessera, is the only one that I can do off book. I can't do any of the other ones off book. So she gives you the tools, and you can refer to it if you want to. But I have found that I've resonated with that the most, and I don't really need it. You know, I don't really need the the backup, so. See, and I like that. Yeah. I also thought that, you know, this would lead us straight into, like, let's just go ahead and start talking about charms, because I see the Tessera just like charms, yes. where you can dump them into a bag and pull, and then when you get your uh, Tessera of the day, or I'm not sure what they, she refers to them, or they refer to them as. Charm. You wear, charm. Yeah, yeah, you can whatever. wear it around your neck. And then you carry that with you. And I like charms. I, in my um, event casting, where I do like a single card of the day type reading, I will always 
lay on a charm, a single charm that I've either collected through like the Magpie Oracle version, Magpie. which is Carrie, Carrie Paris's thing. And I've mine's exploded to contain so many more because oh, I yeah. like collecting little charms because as we, I think all three of us can agree, we are all shiny. Ooh, shiny. But I just, you know, I love that just layering, you know, stuff on the 3D tactility of it all. I've actually had people try and steal mine. I'm like, no, you can get your own, but that's something we could do. You know, when you're, you know, layer, layer your oracles, right? Yeah. So I think that we're, are we at time? No, we're not. We we still have time. Let's, let's go ahead and and talk about charms and then maybe we could do pendulums and spirit boards and runes next time. Okay. Because I want to stay true to our, I only have 30 minutes and, and we want to get on to other things like eating food and stuff like that Um, kind of schedule. But um, so magpie oracle by carrie paris who's amazing and i love her and she's a beautiful amazing person is the first or charm deck i ever found um and i too have been adding to it at one point there was a raccoon penis um in mine a, it's a bone and i gave it to my friend amy who makes necklaces out of things like that but um the cool thing about about charm reading or charm casting is and carrie told me this you can reach into your purse and say if I touch the birds bees first, I should do this. And if I, I touch my keys first, I should do that. Very or tactile. Very tactile. If, I, if and your very yellow accessible. car passes in the next 10 minutes, the decision is yes. So it, it's based on something like she, I think, believe, I, I think she did a dissertation on charms um, yes. for her university PhD. And it goes as far back as women um, having shell collections that they found on the beach and deciding that this blue one means this and the pink one means that, or um, having sticks or bones or whatever is around you. This is like the oldest, I think probably the oldest form of divination is, is charm casting. Collections. Yeah. The collecting your own, what they mean to you. You create your own structure for it. And like my kids have some, I don't know if they use them, but I know that they're like little good luck charms sometimes. And um, I went to a bead store and picked out a bunch of little beads um, in all different shapes. And I like doubled the size. I needed a bigger charm bag for mine, but I've given some astounding readings for one friend. I said, I'm just learning how to use these. Just put your hand in and, and pull out a handful and then drop them. And the baby carriage was right in front of her and she went, so I'm pregnant. Um, and I didn't. <laughs> wow. And, and stuff like that happens all the time. And the way that I interpret them is that the closer they are to you, the more immediate that thing is. And the further away is stuff you could probably get rid of or is not going to happen for a while. And then I look at how they're touching each other, how they're laid out. Like this one's facing away from you. So it's not looking good or whatever, but you can do whatever you want. And the freedom within that is fantastic. It's so much fun. Um, but I, I just, I like the, um, I have a set of yak bones. <laughs> of you're course even I saying do. This. <laughs> like you do. I got them from Terry Iacuso. Um, and they're from like the 50s or 60s. But I have this old yellowed instructions on how to read yak bones. And I'm certain that that practice went on decades hundreds of years before you know somebody made them into a kit and i love that i love that we're still reading the way that our ancestors did i think that that's that's a really true and grounded way to divine you know Mm -hmm. charms 
Yeah. I like them. Collections. You know, I love, I love collecting things. I wish I had my um, sticker collection when I was a kid. I had like over 60,000 stickers. And I you still know, have how much mine. fun. Well, okay. We need to break those out the next time we can meet in person because I want to okay. like do readings with stickers. I mean, how much fun would oh. that be to like have your albums and flip through them and just like, you know, you romance if you get the oily, it means this. If you get the shiny, yeah. it means this. If you get the yep. fuzzy, it means this. I do well, have those like kitchen table tarot stickers and they yeah. are scented. They smell like stickers. That's right. So. <laughs> it's like one of the classes I want to teach eventually in the future is how the art, just an art of divination, but use like Pokemon cards or, yeah. uh, you, you know, other, other playing games. So listeners, yeah, build your own decks. One of my favorite things I want to try and do at some point is actually make a Magic the Gathering deck that I can both play and kind of hold, you know, its own with maybe more wins and losses and yet still be able to use it as a divination systems, you know, whether it's, you know, like an art for art's sake deck or so an actual thing. That's been my dream since I started playing it in 1993 when it came out. Yes, I, I've been playing Magic since the nice. beginning. That's my dirt cred or, you know, I sad mean, cred. You can, you can even create your own Oracle deck using mm -hmm. index cards. I mean, I taught I taught a really quick free workshop about that. And, and, you know, if you're feeling frustrated with your current mode of divination, whether it's tarot, Lenormand runes, whatever, you know, break out the index cards and write down the cards that you wish you would be, you could see. Because sometimes, you know, tarot is really esoteric and really like, well, what the fuck does that mean? You know? <laughs> like I thought I was for, the only one who had that frustration. Like hierophant <laughs> for for like what's going on with my love love life and I get the hierophant. Like I don't want a freaking pope. Like come on. This <laughs> is stupid. These writing, cards are stupid. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Writing down like a clear yes or no. You can write a, you know, oracle cards on index cards and write one yes, no maybe yep. or is this the right time or what whatever or like not now i mean or you could really throw a caution to the wind and do readings with cards against humanity cards and just see how that goes who hasn't <laughs> who hasn't done that i i i love like any apples to apples like oh yeah anything like that becomes a terror rating or a divination yeah, rating. so much fun and but i think that there's kind of especially these days for some reason people are taking themselves really goddamn seriously and really? they're taking their tarot cards no. really seriously. Like somebody emailed me and was like, I lost a card for my deck. Is, should I destroy the deck? And I'm like, why? Just no. first of all, call the publisher and they'll send you another one. And secondly, can't you just read the card and understand that that card is not there and that the other cards will compensate for it? Why would you destroy your deck? It's not like it's, you know, a Talmud or something that's gotten torn. It's not a sacred. Or destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it, um, stop being so precious about it it's just a goddamn deck of cards i i know? once attended a class to do a book of shadows an altered book of shadows and it's not we're not talking like making an altar out of your book of shadows it's oh because that would be ripping fun. other pages out of books and making I mean, it's the altered it's the art girl thing and i know you're cringing liz you know i yes i'm in the sacrilegious group of people that nothing is sacred everything is sacred and i will rip books out and put like motherboards into them or other things for art I'm or other things and this person was teaching a class on how to do this with, within your magic practice and I turned to a gentleman who was in the class and I said oh are you gonna you know paint over the pictures in that book and he just looked at me like I was crazy realized a scandal. yeah 
realized what the class really was and and left <laughs> almost immediately because just like destroying things no no yeah so yeah everything is sacred and nothing is sacred yeah and- i think so too and i think that people really have to trust themselves like if you just don't get tarot at like or let's say pendulums right because pendulums work for most people but my husband is some kind of like suck on energy and psychic vibes i i think that's why he's so good for me because he just flattens me out like i don't bounce all over the place Mm -hmm. but i will hold a pendulum over my hand and i will say show me my yes and it'll swing pretty you know up uh, two or three inches and i'll say show me my no and it'll change direction it's pretty consistent my son will hold it and it will fucking spin until it's out to the sides it's amazing joe puts his hand under my hand and it stops dead (laughs) like a dead weight it doesn't do anything and I think that that can be said for all kinds of, like, I don't like Oracle cards, except for the three that I mentioned. I think they're really stupid. And I think that that's okay. But if I'd had it fixed in my head, that was the only way that I could do divination. That would be really sad. Yeah. So I think it's important to recognize that we each have different skills with different, I can't use runes. That's one time I tried, I picked up two of them and I looked down and they both said no and stop. And I, I was like, what does this mean? And the person <laughs> took them out of my hands. I was like, no stop um and this is not this is not for this is not for sonova put it down (laughs) but i think it's important to experiment and to try the things you know to see if they fit for you and then try again later you know i hated spirit boards for a long time and now i think they're cool again except i raised my kids so that i'm like don't ever do it's a terrible idea now they won't use them with me because they're big chickens because i scared them but whatever anyway and and there's some there's some really gorgeous spirit boards oh, out yes. there now too. So I bought there really are. I have one, a little mini one. Is it a, oh is it a Jamie Sawyer? No, it's not. It's from a company um, called Fiendies. Um, nice. That did, yeah, but what a great um, name. They um I I think they since have decided to go their separate ways, but they're doing it through another company. So I'll I'll find the link and we'll have it in the show notes. But awesome. gorgeous, gorgeous, like not and not the Ouija board that you're thinking about with part from Parker Brothers or whatever. Like that's all seventies. <laughs> Safe for age eight and up. Yeah, not that. Whatever you want, kids. And you and again, you can make your own. Like my mom taught me how to make my own. Mm-hmm. So. And we'll definitely talk about this in, a, in, in yeah. another one. We're this has got to be a two parts episode. We're going to talk about pendulums and spirit books and runes and I Ching. And if we think of anything else, we'll talk about that too. Um, and in the meantime, please remember to have fun with your divination or else you're a boring, stodgy asshole. Don't become this. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us uh, at Cardslingers Coast to Coast. You can check out more episodes at cardslingerscc.podbeam.com. And please send us your questions at cardslingerscc at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.